Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday, and this week is no different. As always, I am joined by my three co-hosts, but this week, Andres the Cavalier King, he will be joining us via telephone live from Las Vegas. Bryant, first prize, Flores, and none other than Mr. Champagne Chauncey. Gentlemen, 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 welcome back. In this week's episode, we have the Dodgers taking on the Braves, the Giants taking on the Cubs, Red Sox, Yankees, a lot of NBA playoffs, and of course, the Paul Mayweather fight taking place Sunday afternoon. We're going to get into all this just after a quick message from our sponsor. We have the Cavalier King calling in live from Las Vegas, Andres. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, thank you for calling in. How's it going out there, Andres? Uh, it's good. It's just uh, miserably hot out, typical desert weather. But I am the me- I'm at the mecca of all degenerate gamblers, <laughs> the queen bee of, of gambling, the city, Sin City. So I'm having a great time drinking my ass off, sweating my balls off. Uh, how's your parlay doing for the day? The votes were coming in. People were split 50-50 on your uh, parlay picks. Yeah, yeah. It uh, didn't happen. Unfortunately, the Twins lost, so that kicked, kicked the bucket. And then I had another parlay that I didn't send because I'm a, I was a little, you know, I get that about sharing picks. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little superstitious. It's funny to see all the different people have their own super superstitions here in Vegas. Uh, they have to watch the coins hit or, or their credits roll over on the slot machine. They can't just speed it up. So I've seen a little wild things. Uh, I had a nice parlay yesterday. I uh, didn't, unfortunately today's I've been, uh, got a big giant goose egg, but you know what? It, it comes and goes and hopefully make it up before the end of the trip. All right. So uh, speaking of superstitions, I might call it quits on my own superstitions because right now we're watching the Lakers Suns game five. I'm wearing my lucky Lakers shirt, the shirt that I wore every game throughout their playoff run uh, last year and this year, and they're getting blown out at the half. They're down 30. So uh, Lakers most likely will fall game five, unless there's a crazy comeback. Uh, So that's, that's a recap on the Lakers playoff series. Hey Pat, real quick, because they're getting their asses kicked and you decided to wear that lucky shirt unlucky today, are you going to burn it? Are you going to retire it? Are you, what are you going to do? Give it the goodwill? Give it a charity, send it to the kids in Uganda. What's going on with that shirt after this game? I'm going to let Flores manage my shirt, and we'll split the <laughs> – <laughs> he, he said that he could flip it for um, – by the time this shirt reaches its peak, it might be able to pay for, like, you know, the photographer at my wedding. So there you go. I'm going to let Flores manage my shirt. We'll give him uh, some of the profits. And um, the Dodgers fell. Speaking of Flores and, you know, the L.A. teams, the Dodgers fell three games – out of the four, they lost the series. Uh, so last weekend, Andres, you had said that the Giants were going to kick their ass. Uh, Chance and I were kind of split in the series. Like, we didn't know what was going to happen. 
Uh, Flores said it's a long season. Um, so th- that those are those are basically the uh, headlines around Los Angeles in terms of the two major teams and the Clippers tied up their series with the Dallas Mavericks. Game five is tomorrow. So uh, I'm actually going to pass it over to Flores to talk to us as the uh, Giants fan of the group. How are you feeling tonight after what went down with the Dodgers series? Uh, It was an amazing series to watch. The one kind of highlight for me and a little bit of a low light was going to the game on Friday that they had uh, after the Dodgers had won the first game of the series and which was a total of four straight this season. And I went to the game on Friday, decided to leave uh, going into the eighth uh, when it was 2-2, get to my car, hear a Buster Posey three-run home run go off that I missed. Then I hear with one strike left, Dodgers down to their last strike, uh, I think it was Taylor, hits a three-run bomb to tie the game up. And then the very next batter, Pujols, Gets a hold of one, almost hits it out if it wasn't for the uh, giant outfielder whose name's escaping me right now. But it was essentially the game of the year of any game that they've had. And I ended up leaving a little too early for it because I had uh, work the next day, unfortunately. But whatever, it worked out and the Giants were able to sweep after that the rest of the series. So it was nice that they, uh, they're they up now in the standings, you know, still behind the Padres, but the Giants are definitely making it happen, and the Dodgers will, I think, end up in first place, but it was fun at least knocking them down for now. You left early. Are you sure you're not a Dodgers fan? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm a Dodgers fan. I'm a Dodgers fan, but that's the, you know, that's the joke that they say. Uh, so, Andres, uh, some more exciting things happened in a completely different kind of sport. This one played on ice. As we all know, it's the NHL playoffs. What is your uh, – who are your heroes or your headline, Andres? Well, my hero is going to be the Montreal Canadiens. They weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs. They fired their coach midseason. Uh, they've just been rolling on a hot streak. They beat the high-mighty Edmonton Oilers. They also beat the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs down 3-1 in the series. They came back, won three straight. Tyler DeFoley is having a phenomenal postseason. Former Kings, by the way, so it's – it's bittersweet to see him succeed in Montreal. Uh, sh- shitty feeling to know that he could have been a long-term king, but the Canadians are on uh, are on a roll. I expect them to beat the Jets and get out of the Canada district as the champions of Canada. They were the ones that had that Game 7 uh, last night, right? Correct. Okay, so there was a lot of hockey being watched for by myself this past weekend because I was uh, up in Seattle visiting my sister, um, and her husband and his parents, and they're from Alaska, so hockey reigns supreme in that house. And uh, we were watching a lot of hockey, so I was—I uh, didn't get a chance to see the Canadians game, but I did know that you know Vegas went into the seventh game as well. So there's been you know very exciting hockey playoffs that have gone gone the distance. And speaking of hockey, um, I was gonna tell you guys that uh, there's gonna be hockey being played in the desert. Uh, my dad sent me this article that there's going to be a hockey and concert venue completed as early as uh, 2022. So next year, Andres, it's going to be hockey in the desert. And this is going to be the, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the the AAA team or the minor league team for the expansion team, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, so it's not Vegas, Andres, but it is hockey and you can go to the casino afterwards. I, I'm all for it. I'm just curious to know what they're uh... – 
minor league team's name is going to be? Like, is it Coachella Cactus, Cacti? I, I don't know what's in the Coachella Valley that you guys would want to call as a mascot over there. The, the Coachella Casinos. <laughs> <laughs> That's got a nice ring to it, though. Um, okay, so moving things along uh who flores you said you have a headline that's related to boxing or is it a hero it's a, a little bit of both uh a headline about a hero a hero that every boxing fan just loves when his voice comes on the legendary jim lampley ladies and gentlemen the voice of hbo boxing for so many years is coming back uh, it was announced today, matter of fact, that Triller uh, is bringing him on for a multi-fight deal that's starting with the uh, Telfimo Lopez fight on June 19th in a couple of weeks here. But, you know, boxing fans everywhere have been clamoring for some good commentary. The good old days of Mauro Ronaldo on Showtime and Jim Lampley on HBO with Roy Jones, with Larry Merchant. Um Obviously, it's not going to be the same team, and Roy Jones was on DAZN recently doing some uh, some additional commentary there, so I don't know how likely it is that he'll team up with Jim Lampley, but just hearing Jim Lampley's voice back in boxing is going to bring a little bit of officialness there. There was nothing better than getting the intro by Michael Buffer and then getting Jim Lampley after that in boxing, and now we're going to get that coming up soon, so glad that Jim Lampley's back. Definitely my hero for the week. Did you happen to see any uh, postings or anything of Lampley being the one that wants to get back? Or who reached out to who, do you think? I mean, it, it, it's been three years now since we've heard anything from Jim Lampley. And he was too good just to be on the sidelines watching stuff. There's too many networks out there. There's too many sporting events. He's done other sports before. It's not like he's only done boxing before. I think he's done Olympic coverage yeah. as well. So, you know, he's just too good to have been on the sidelines for so long. I'm sure he was just waiting for the right opportunity. And with the money that Triller is throwing around, uh, as reported before for this Teofimo Lopez fight, they paid more than double what any other company was willing to bid for it. So Triller's throwing money around. They're trying to make a name for themselves. This is a way for them to you know, become a little bit more official, I guess. That's going to be exciting. Um, I, I saw your boy on Saturday night, the one that you hate. What was his name? The... Uh, the announcer or the reporter? Oh, Chris Mannix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually sent that clip to a couple of people to listen to, and they are—they all came back like, "Wow, that was pretty passionate." That I realized it was pretty passionate. That's, <laughs> that's how much I dislike Chris Mannix. <laughs> well, that's what the scumbag section of the show is uh, is for. So, uh, moving over to you, Chance. Uh, this is kind of—I mean, I have a feeling that I know where you're going with your headline. It's kind of scumbaggish. Um, so why don't you explain why you're choosing this as your headline for tonight? Well, just because, uh, you know, everyone knows that NBA basketball, NBA playoffs are back on and we're all excited because we saw when COVID hit how much fans mean to the game. Um, the bubble was cool. I was glad we were all glad that we were still able to have sports. But, you know, it's a lot different experience watching it on TV uh, from a ballroom than in an arena full filled with fans and my headline <laughs> today is going to be fuck boy fans and that's because for those who haven't been paying attention uh the nba the last uh four or five days 
has had a lot of incidents with fans doing dumb shit like um, harassing John Morant's uh, family in, in Utah at the Jazz game. In the Celtics, you had the one kid who threw the water bo- bottle at Kyrie. Um, in Philadelphia, you had the fan who poured popcorn on Russell, Russell Westbrook. And then as recently as yesterday, last night, you had a fan <laughs> run onto the court and, and tap boards barely and then get tackled by um, the D.C. police. So, man, I just, you know, it, it, it's like, man, people don't know how to act with the world opening back up. And this is something that I've really never I'm not going to say we haven't seen it in the NBA before, because obviously the malice in the palace back when Ron Artest and Steven Jackson went in the stands in Detroit. Um, you know, we've had one offs, but this like succession of just fans being idiots. And I'm kind of not surprised when I look at some of these cities, fellas, like Utah, I've been to a game there. It's kind of crazy. The Celtics, I mean, I think we all know that they have a racist (laughs) history, Um, all Boston sports, frankly. And and in Philadelphia, I mean, shit, they booed Santa Claus. I mean, they, they, they booed Patrick's Michael Irvin when he damn near broke his neck and was hurt and ended his career uh, as a cowboy. So, not surprised by some of these places, but man, people need to start acting better because the NBA has already said that, like, if this continues to get out of control, they're just going to have to push the fans back. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a terrible idea. Well, it's not a terrible idea, but it's something that we don't want because the one thing that makes basketball and especially the NBA unique is like the experience that you can get by being so close to the players. And literally, like, you can go to an NBA game. And like if you have court size seats, step on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right. So and that's what makes it unique compared to baseball, compared to hockey, compared to, to football, obviously. So fans, please, please, please mm. stop fucking it up. I'm sure you guys feel the same way. Andres, you're probably the only one guy who would justify these guys throwing popcorn or like spitting on like a player <laughs> <laughs> at a at a game. Uh, to an extent, I don't really mind. I mean, fucking the Philly fanatic can do it to fans. How come I can't do it to a player? Oh, so good point. Model stuff is a little is a little too much for me. Uh, that's I mean, that I don't understand throwing like a hard object like that. But a popcorn thing, eh, it's all right. I spent like three hundred dollars on it. Why not? <laughs> uh, definitely gets kicked out of the, the league. So I'm sure he'll just be suspended and never come back. But. That's just the way of the law. Look, if, if it were in the times of Ty Cobb, who he was already going into the stands and fighting people left and right. So uh, I want to see another malice at the palace. And maybe everybody just got stuck up in COVID that we forgot how to be civilized in the, in the modern world again. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I thought you were going to say, because remember that video you sent us the other day when it was a uh, Champions League or it was a uh, European soccer and the fans came up to the bus and they started shaking it, you know, oh, so, yeah. breaking the windows. Yeah. The whole nine years. Those are diehard hooligans. Yeah. So it's, it is, um, it's just, it's just, you know, we're not in the times of Ty Cobb anymore. I think that's the point is that we shouldn't be acting like a bunch of, you know, hooligans or things like that. And the athletes are completely exposed to, you know, the danger, but I, I don't know. So it, it, it is interesting to keep an eye on, especially as the NBA playoffs continue to roll on. One of my main things that I've always wanted to do, though, and I guess I would be considered a fuckboy, is I've always wanted to see if I can make it from one foul pole to the other at a baseball game. Like, I've always <laughs> wanted to run onto the field and hit one pole to the other pole 
at all costs. That's always been like that's, something. That's far as fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do at like between innings, you know, to entertain yeah. people is have people race that. But one thing I wanted to say about this is LeBron James came out and said that he wanted these people to get put on blast whenever they did this. He wanted to see their face because if the shoe was on the other foot or what, however he phrased it, we'd want to see that. But this is why you don't show their faces because then it, you know, it makes other people want to do it so they can become famous. And that's why you don't show streakers on TV. That's why when it happened in the Super Bowl, they do everything to not show that. Granted, we're going to see it with social media and everybody else having cameras, but the TVs and the actual ESPN sports and all that stuff, you don't want to broadcast these people's faces because that's why I think it continues to happen because it seems to be happening every single day. There's a new one. And I think they're just being copycats and one for the clout, I guess you can say. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Clout chasing. Um, it's just, you know, like these people got to because like to me, that's the unique experience about basketball, man, and about sports in general. And like like what's crazy is I'm the one guy on here who's probably gotten arrested for throwing something. Not at a player, but at a referee. So <laughs> well, um, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. So so throw at him like a Molotov cocktail. Like what did you get? No, I threw. I it was I was at a Louisville basketball game and I threw uh, a, a, a rolled up newspaper and my buddy threw a coke and uh, I hit my buddy miss. So we went down and harassed him more and we were properly properly arrested. So um, you know it, it happens, but I was fifteen. Like, so, you know, oh, yeah, I was I was a lot younger than some fucking, you know, 36 year old man fucking dropping a uh, a hard object on the onto Russell Westbrook. But I mean, look, Andres, <laughs> I will say that's a, that's a solid point you made about the Philly fanatic. Um, but I still man, you can't like, I don't know, bro. These these, these fans are out of control, bro. But, okay, here's the thing, though. If, if uh, NASCAR can do it, do I get the sue? No, that's part of the entertainment, right? Like I didn't I pay for the ticket. I didn't expect that to happen. The same thing could be told for a player. But I, the me, fans pay for my ticket. They pay for my meal. I got a little thrown popcorn. I cat. I look. I'd be opening my mouth or trying to collect all the popcorn and make a nice satire. You know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. But let me just say this: I, I honestly think some of those fans are like preemptively told. I hope they are. If they're if they're doing that like completely unexpected, then that's one thing. <laughs> but I swear, some of those fans are like they're like, "Hey, would you be interested in like?" you know, partaking in some shenanigans with the Philly fanatic. Right. Cause like, if it's, if it's completely unexpected, then yeah, I'm fucking swinging a right hook. But like, they, they, I, I always thought that that stuff was staged. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, either way, the headlines for tonight are, uh, the fuckboy fans, Jim Lampley's voice is back. So chance has some competition now. <laughs> uh, the Canadians are on a streak and hockey is in the desert. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Right now, Atlanta is playing some basketball. Uh, they're up in their series. I believe it's 3-1. They're winning. They're beating the uh, New York Knicks. The New York Knicks season is on the line. Chance, you are the Knicks fan of the group, and uh, it has been, no matter what happens tomorrow, it has been a really, really promising good season 
for the Knicks. That's my vote. Do you think it's a promising season, as in it's going to be back next year? Uh, I hope so. I mean, you know, I think Tom Thibodeau has definitely established a culture there. Uh, unfortunately, that culture has also perpetuated into not being able to really do anything in the playoffs. But, um, you know, I think more than anything, the Knicks need some players. I still think they have a chance of getting Zion because he wanted to go there. But um, obviously, that's probably not going to be for another six or seven years. But with this game coming up, man, I just don't think that we have it in us. Um, you know, recently, Clint Capella stated today that the Knicks try to talk tough and act tough. But obviously, they're not that tough because the Hawks are up 3-1. <laughs> um, and Trey, Trey Young is making those boys look crazy. But uh, I'm happy for him because, you know, Derrick Rose has resurrected his career. You know, Julius Randle probably played his best career as a pro. But. Again, this was a guy who, when he was at Kentucky and he went to the March Madness tournament, he didn't really play all that well. Um, even though they got to the Final Four, he didn't do shit, even though he was their best player all year. So he had a great <laughs> year in the regular season, didn't do that much in the in the playoffs. And I think he actually has one of the lowest shooting percentages ever for someone with like uh, four games in the playoffs. Uh, so I think the Knicks are favored in this game, but I don't see them winning. I see Trey Young and that Atlanta team with a lot of the shooters, Herter, Cam Reddish, uh, you know, Clint Capella. You know, I see them, you know, Danilo Gallinari doing their thing and, and, and taking game five to uh, to beat the Knicks. Do you think that the Knicks will force a game six? Ah, it's a tough one just because of how good Atlanta's playing. And they have the only true star, in my opinion, in, in Trey Young just – He's head and shoulders above anybody else as far as what he can do. Randall, as Chance has been saying, has really been shit in the bed this series. He had a chance to really make a name for himself. New York basketball is back in the playoffs. It's the number one talk of the town. Yeah, the Lakers and Clippers are doing it for L.A., but right now both New York teams are on, and one of them is shining. The other one I don't think is going to get past uh, this game here on Wednesday. Yeah, so the uh, Brooklyn Nets wrapped up their series against the Boston Celtics. They advanced um, winning the series four games to one. So thank you, Brooklyn, for sending home Boston. Um, as, a, as a Lakers fan, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, so the Knicks game is tomorrow at 4.30, and there is a 4 o'clock game between the Washington Wizards and the Philadelphia 76ers, and at 6.30 – the Vancouver, I'm sorry, the, the, Vancouver. Me the Memphis Grizzlies <laughs> are playing against the Utah Jazz. Now, Flores had a uh, trivia for us, or I guess a multiple choice uh, quiz. Essentially, it's a vote because both of these series can end here. One of them should, um, but I wanted to get an idea from you guys. Which one of these two series do you think will for sure end on Wednesday? Will the Sixers finally just stomp out the Wiz, or will the Jazz finally eliminate the Grizz? My vote, so one of them has to lose, right? Only one's winning? Let, let's say one wins and one loses. Which do you say is which? I'm going to go ahead, Pat. No, I was going to say, I, I'm going to go with the, the, the Jazz losing just because um, – Oh shit! I forgot Embiid might be out. Yes, uh, but no. you know what? Even with Embiid out, I still take the Sixers to win. 
Yeah, because you you have a um, defending NBA Finals champion filling in for Embiid. If you have Dwight Howard on the roster, so <laughs> I, I I honestly think that this is one of those games that the betters are going to bet heavy on DC because Embiid is out. But the Sixers end up making adjustments. Uh, they end up pulling pulling it off unless they do a hack of Simmons. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> or a, a hack of Howard too, but. Yeah, I, I do think um, that Philadelphia is going to move on, and I can see the Grizz just taking it to the Jazz. Yeah, that, that's how I would kind of square it away myself. Yeah, because the, the the Grizzlies have that center. I think his, you say his name, Valanchunas. 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 And, uh, you know, they have Morant. So they're, they're going to be, I think, a lot more difficult to stop than uh, two guards in Beal and Westbrook. So that's that's our vote. Moving on to Friday. So that concludes Wednesday's entertainment. Floor is over to you for Thursday. Uh, you said it's going to be World Cup qualifiers. So what are the most pertinent games? Um, do you have an idea of what we should be watching over the others? Because I think there's a handful. There's a bunch. And we're not just talking about Thursday. I just wanted to kind of bring a little bit of light to some international soccer coming back. There's FIFA World Cup qualifiers for the CONCACAF, for the CONMEBOL, there's international friendlies. I mean, on Wednesday, we have France playing um, against Wales, Germany against Denmark, England's playing. Um, so we got a lot of those European teams on Wednesday. Uh, on Thursday, we have the Nations League where Honduras is playing USA, Mexico. Um, I think they're playing Costa Rica. So there's going to be a lot of soccer throughout these next couple of days. The ones I'm excited about – Obviously, we have uh, Peru coming to Colombia. Um, this is on Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, also, we have some games. I think Brazil is playing on Friday against Ecuador. Uh, that's at 5.30. So you guys can find these games on some of these international channels or just find a stream for them. But there's a lot of international soccer coming up. And it's a sight to see when, when you can't wait for the World Cup coming up in a couple of years to see some of these teams back at it on the international side. Yeah, this is um, the spring, late spring, early summer is always really exciting for soccer. You got the extra hour of sunlight. You get to see these guys playing. It's it's a lot of fun. Now, the um, one game that is not going to be, well, let's start with the, with the 5 o'clock game, the Denver Nuggets versus the Trailblazers. That's going to be a game six. Apparently, I've missed two game-tying shots by Damian Lillard. Yeah, Damian Lillard, we've been watching as we're recording this. Uh, we've been watching, what is this, game five? Yeah, it's tied 2-2 of this Nuggets-Blazers series. And Dame Lillard at the end of regulation and at the end of the first overtime where it just seemed that the Blazers were out of it, has stuck threes that he should not be making. Chance, how crazy were those threes? Man, <laughs> those threes were fucking remarkable, especially that second one, especially because in that, in that overtime they were down nine, he literally did a turnaround step back three, wetted it. I love Steph. I might have to give Dame as the most clutch player in the NBA just because you know where the ball's going, like mm -hmm. Steph. But I don't think Steph could have done some of those moves just because his body type is different. He's a little bit more lean, a little bit more slender. Dame has that bulk on him, can get a guy off of him with his muscle and his upper body. So, you know, kudos to Damian Lillard, man. Like, I mean, that dude. You can't you can't hate on his game. So who's going to win the series, uh, in your opinion? Because when we when we record next week, 
the series will be done. So do you have the uh, Blazers advancing or do you have the Nuggets advancing? I'm going to go with the Nuggets, even though I'm torn. And the reason is because this is not a good look for the NBA if their presumptive MVP is bouncing in the first round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So um, I think because of that, even though they don't have Jamal Murray, um, you know, they have home court and they really do have a better roster um, because the, the the Blazers, as we can tell in this game, they don't play a ton of defense. So um, I'm going to go with the Nuggets, but ugh, begrudgingly because that dude, Dame, is nothing to mess with. So Flores, uh, the, the lack of defense from Portland, do you agree with that statement? Do you think Portland loses in the first round as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the criticism all year. I remember earlier in the year, Charles Barkley bet that they would win the uh, the West and go and be the representative of the Western Conference in the finals. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and I think it's mainly because just the, the structure and the culture that the Nuggets have, um, the fact that they've been carrying themselves the way they have, even without Jamal Murray, uh, I just think they pull this series out. Yeah, I mean, Joker is really going to be the X factor to take them over the edge. Because I know that Damian Lillard is, like what we're saying, is impossible to guard. But I think with having a better center puts you at an advantage, even in today's you know NBA game. So the, the, uh, the last game of Thursday is game six of the uh, Phoenix Suns versus Los Angeles Lakers. And it's not looking good tonight for the Lakers. Uh, they are coming back a little bit, but they're still down like no, they're not. 20. No, I just no, checked the score. They they're, are not. they're down by like 20 points. They're so by 29. Yeah, instead of 30. <laughs> I guess it is in the 20s now. <laughs> so um, the question that we have to ask each other, we can start with you, Chance, is, is there going to be a game seven or did the Lakers lose in six? No, I think there will be a game seven. Um you know, I think that AD possibly can come back, even though I don't know if he is. And even if he does, he won't be at anywhere near full strength. Um, I think LeBron probably saw that this game got out of hand early, that the Suns came in with a different type of energy. They have more fans this game than they did in prior ones and uh, probably knew that, you know what, our opportunity is to probably get one back at home. And then I'm LeBron James. I'll take my chances on the road in a game seven. But this might be, this very well could be the first uh, time that LeBron James loses a first-round playoff series. Um, so we'll see. But I, I do not think that that they will lose um, game six. I think they'll win and then force it game seven to Phoenix. Flores? Same. I mean, until the beast is dead, you don't know that it's dead. And I cannot see LeBron James going out first round series i mean i don't care if he's playing the number two seed in the west i just i can't see them for sure losing in a game six but i think ad will be back and he'll provide a little bit of balance um i don't know what's going on exactly with paul's shoulder and how bad that's going to be or if that's you know something that's fixed i don't know but i just what i do know is that don't count again don't bet against lebron count on him and I see them pulling this one out and pulling out game seven just because of him somehow. It, it, either way, it's still not a good look for the Lakers uh, to go seven games in, in terms of their health because this they needed to be extremely frugal um, with how they spend their health. And 
they're they're pretty much emptying out the tank just to make it out of the first round. So it's not a good look. I'm nervous. Um, I don't really know if they're going to make it out of, you know, into Saturday night's game. So we'll see what happens. As always, um, I know what I said in the opening segment of Heroes and Headlines, but I am going to wear my shirt on Thursday. I actually changed out of it to make sure that it's nice and clean still for game six because they're going to really need any kind of luck that is going to be thrown their way. So that actually concludes Thursday's entertainment. Friday, the other team in Los Angeles, they're having their own game six. Regardless of what happens tomorrow night, the Clippers and Mavericks will be playing a game six Friday night. So this has been a crazy series, Chance, because the Mavs started off 2-0. Everybody was saying, oh my God, they were already like establishing where they're going to be getting where they're going to be making adjustments. All the radio shows around Los Angeles were already figuring out who, you know, where Kawhi is already going to be a Nick or he's getting out of town. And now the series is tied and they're singing a different tune today. Are you a Clippers believer or do you think that they just not at the end of the day, they're not going to have an answer for Luca? No, I think they've already had an answer for Luca. I haven't seen a series change like this in a long time. Uh, over the course of four games. I mean, it looked like the first two games that Luka was owning. I mean, he was owning the Clippers. And then I think a small coaching adjustment by Tyron Lue in starting Marcus Morris or Markeith, one of the Mar- Morris twins, and benching um, uh, Patrick Beverly really changed things. And then Kawhi Leonard, man. I mean, the Terminator is, is back. He's looking like the Kawhi Leonard of old, the guy that we saw in Toronto lead them to the championship unexpectedly. Um, you know, if the Clippers continue to play like this, they're going to be a force to reckon with in the West. Um, and I honestly see them closing out this series in Dallas winning game. What is it? Six or five? Are we talking about game Which one? six? Game on six. Yeah. Game six on Friday. I see them closing that one out and uh, closing out the series. So that would mean that the, the Clippers win four in a row. Exactly. You, you're calling that. Calling that. Is that bold enough? No, I, I I agree with that. I wouldn't say that's bold. I could definitely see them just smashing, smashing through. Now, if you want to say they're going to sweep the next series, then all that's bold. No, hell no. <laughs> all right, well, we could get to that probably uh, next week. But um, I, I, I don't agree just because what you said about Trey Young being the only superstar on both teams, I think that – there's a total, at this point, there's a total of two superstars, Kawhi and Luka. And Kawhi has the tendency to kind of maybe yield his superstar spotlight for one night. You know, like, he's always one of the top two players on the court at all times. But there are times where another superpower or another superstar of his caliber just outlasts him and outduels him. And I think Luca's got one more in him to win one more game, but ultimately the Clippers will win this series and it could be a crazy shift in um, power just for the next couple months. If the Lakers lose first round and the Clippers go on to at least make it to the Western conference finals. So, and we, we talked Again, right now, essentially what you were doing is talking smack about PG-13 and, in a way, also Porzingis. Um, there was a meme that I saw that it was like uh, Luca and Porzingis are like Kobe and Shaq back in the day, 
except Luca is Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, PG thirteen, the way that he and Kawhi, the offense is centered around them. Every other time one of them is bringing the ball up and they're starting the offense. They were just cutting through this Mavericks defense like nothing uh, the last couple games. So people clown PG-13 and they, again, were doing that the first two games. But that guy's definitely been bringing it and I expect them to do so. And really that be the reason why it is a closeout as opposed to what you're saying that more so Luke is going to take that star power. But, yeah, the way that PG-13 and Kawhi have been playing offensively, especially PG-13, I'm impressed. Well, yeah. Well, no, I was going to say, also, I think what they've done is clamp down on the defense. I mean, at the end of the day, they still have the best. I mean, they have two of the top three players on the court at any given time, if you're including Luka. And I think more than anything, you're not seeing guys like Jalen Brunson, even though he's balled out this series, but like him, Tim Hardaway, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, those guys who Shaq calls the others on the Mavericks getting open threes, step in threes, shots where their feet are already set. You know, they're having to make their or having to create their own shots, which is a lot tougher to do when you have Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's big claw and, you know, Paul George's 6'9 frame in, in front of you. Okay, well, I mean, so you're saying that you – you think Paul George has improved over the last couple of games? It's not that – I mean, he's improved. It's, he's been doing what he's been doing in the regular season, finally clicking and the Clippers finally being healthy. And just like all the other teams, it seems similar to the Nets, that they were just waiting for the playoffs to kind mm-hmm. of allow themselves to get into playing shape as a team. And now it's kind of clicking. I mean, earlier in the season, there were talks at the beginning of the season, Paul George for MVP. So it's not like he, all of a sudden he gotten he's gotten better or they've done something better. It's No, it's finally just clicking. If you guys remember my rant last week uh, before the Clippers actually went down 0-2, that they were going to smash the Mavericks and mm-hmm. figure it out. It just – they're too good to lose to this team. They're too good not to – be Go. in the Western Conference Finals, honestly. Yeah, they, I mean, they have been consistent. So, um, I, you know, my, my neighbor upstairs, shout out to uh, Tracy. He is a Clippers fan. So, um, you know, he always tells me, I think it was last season, he was like, you know, I don't want LeBron to be hurt because I don't want to hear no excuses when we beat you guys in the playoffs. So he's always, he's always had like, you know, a lot of good little jokes, you know, with me about being a Lakers fan. So we'll see how far they go. And uh, that actually is uh, concluding Friday's sports entertainment. We got one good basketball game and um, you know, there's going to be other stuff going on, which actually moves us into Saturday because that's the best thing about baseball is that the same teams play basically Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So the same teams playing Friday, are going to be the same teams playing Saturday. And at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the Red Sox and Yankees are in Game 2 of their series. The Cubs and Giants are in Game 2 of their series. And the Dodgers and Braves are in Game 2 of their series. And um, right now, as it stands, after two completed months, um, the Tampa Bay Rays are back to their World Series form. They lost, you know, some key players, um, including Blake Snell, their, their, you know, ace, their pitcher. Uh, Tyler Glass now has really stepped up. And uh, right now the, the Rays, I believe they've won the last 20 of 27 games. They so, have the best record in the majors. Yeah, so the Rays have been good. Dodgers have been, you know, shaky, just a little bit above 500. 
as we mentioned, they just dropped the series to the, the uh, Giants. The Giants are in first place in the NL West. So, uh, and the Red Sox and Yankees are above 500. And uh, as we all know, those are some bitter rivalries. So those are the games that, that we highlighted. And um, I don't even really know. I can't even tell you right now who's pitching on these days. I haven't really looked that far ahead. But the 4 o'clock parlay, let's do a little uh, bet, Chance. And if you guys want, if somebody gets all three correct, it could be a bull prediction worth seven points. So each bull prediction is worth seven points. The first to 21 collects beer from the losers. Let me just, uh, Jimmy, with the stats, just came with some of these pitchers lined up for, um, oh, no, he brought Friday in. Come on, Jimmy. All right, there it is, Saturday's stats now. Um, so as far as Boston at New York, Eduardo Rodriguez versus Jameson Talon. Uh, Cubs undecided still. San Francisco's pitching Kevin Gossman. And it's Kershaw versus Charlie Morton. What are your three? Who is winning? Run me the Dodgers, the Giants, and the Yankees. Dodgers, Giants, Yankees. All right, Chance, what are your three, four o'clock picks for Saturday afternoon? I'm going Dodgers. Mm. I'm going Dodgers, Yankees, Cubs. Sorry. I'm going Kershaw in Atlanta on the road. Uh, I'm going Dodgers. Giants and Red Sox. Andres, I'll get your picks later. Don't worry. But if you get three out of three, you get seven points. Is that is that fine? There it is. Okay, cool. So um, th that that concludes Saturday's baseball entertainment. We do know that the Bucks are going to be playing the Nets. Flores, over to you for this one. So. It hasn't been officially announced yet that the series will start on Saturday, but Twitter rumor mills are running around that it will start. Uh, Bucks at Nets. I mean, I think this might be the most entertaining series of this round just anywhere throughout the NBA playoffs. Uh, the other probable series is going to be um, the Sixers uh, versus probably Atlanta. Eh, on that one, just because it's again so lopsided in the West, still things are you know figuring out, but there's no true stud teams. But the Bucks versus the Nets, Giannis versus Durant, uh, Drew Holiday versus Harden, if you want to say it that way, and Middleton versus Kyrie, the the bit some pretty solid big threes when you think about it. But the Bucks finally they're not the top seed they don't have that pressure on them they're just able to play how they want to play the nets have all the pressure on them chance who do you think wins game one man that's tough i i'm torn on this one i'm actually going to go with the bucks i think the bucks i think um the one thing that the nets struggle with is maybe some inside presence and interior defense and i wonder what the 7-4 Giannis is going to do against that hole of a defense. I know that they have Blake Griffin. I know that they have DeAndre Jordan, but he's way, way, way past his prime. Um, 
you know, but it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup because I want to see what Drew Holiday does as far as trying to make Kyrie work for his shots. I think if I'm the Bucks, I'm, you know, Giannis, KD kind of cancel each other out. But instead of putting Drew Holiday on James Harden, because James Harden is just that much more of a prolific scorer than Kyrie, in my opinion, I'm putting Drew on Kyrie. I'm putting Middleton on Harden. Harden's going to get his. He's going to be a distributor. But I think you can cause havoc or wreak havoc if you make Kyrie work for his shots, make make him take a bunch of dribbles, you know, make him take a bunch of shots. But I think the Bucs are going to take game one. I feel like the Nets are going to be rested. And most of the time, I would say that too much rest is a bad thing. But just watching all these players get hurt, and watching everything basically whole we're talking seasons like franchise histories like being flipped at the switch because they get hurt you know like ad going down and not being 100% for the rest of the series can like really hurt the entire like legacy you know if you want to get super dramatic you know it can really and then joel embiid getting hurt you know philadelphia has put everything in him the process, all that stuff. Like it, it's just, everybody's getting hurt and everything's flipping at the, you know, at the drop of a hat. So I'm going to just take the safe chicken shit bet and just go with the team that's more rested. And I would say the Nets just because they wrapped it up today. Wait, but don't, aren't the Bucks, the Bucks, they're already done, aren't they? Yeah, they, they wrapped it up too. They so the, swept they swept. The heat. Okay. So right now the Nets are rested and the Bucks are too rested. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I got the Nets too, man. I just I, – as Chance was making his argument for the Bucks, it's just you try to nitpick, all right, if they take this away from the Nets, but the fact that James Harden is dropping 18 assists in a game, <laughs> and they're still losing, but he's still – he's doing 18 assists in the game and just getting everybody involved and the people he can get involved are – Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be the uh, the evolution of um, Mike D'Antoni finally evolving to a championship. I think with this Nets team. Now I have I have one question for you guys. Uh, if the Nets go on to win it all, and we're gonna go into Sunday after this because the segment's almost done. But should Lamarcus Aldridge get a ring? <laughs> You you know what I'm gonna say yeah it's just I read an article today about his <laughs> about his heart condition that shit I mean it it was it was tough because um you know pretty much he he was saying that he was having like a low key heart attack after a game like up in like three in the morning so yeah yeah I say he earned he, it. he earned it yeah okay his, okay I'm just, I was just he saying, earned it by signing know, with the right team okay I guess you could say that you know yeah. he you know he's been good over the over the seasons but I was just saying because you know everybody always says they don't like so-and-so doesn't deserve a ring because they didn't really play in this and that and I was trying to think of like who has played less than him that's like you know less games at least it's something that wasn't his fault yeah, yeah. that's why I'm not right. tripping on yeah him. yeah all right well like I said we have Sunday and we're gonna get into that right after this Uh, 
this is something that we were talking about uh, before the show started, and uh, I'm really, really excited to get it live, get it recorded, um, you know, basically stamped uh, Flores. This conversation between um, the three of us about uh, Mayweather and Paul, what exactly is this going to be doing for the sport of boxing? Well, crazy shit goes down in Florida. We all know that. Everybody talks about it all the time. It's the birthplace of bath salts. Um, but the craziest shit, I think, going down this year in sports, at least so far, is going down at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami this Sunday, which, again, is also odd for a boxing pay-per-view event on Showtime pay-per-view and Fanmio pay-per-view, spelled F-A-N-M-I-O, Fanmio. Um, but Mayweather undefeated. He hasn't fought. The last time he fought officially was against Conor McGregor. He also had uh, December 31st of 2018 a exhibition um, against kickboxer Tenshin Nasukawa. But he's going in against a guy who's 0-1 in Logan Paul, the cool thing, I guess, about this and why some people better specifically are actually giving Paul somewhat of a chance. I mean, if you think about it, the fact that the odds of this fight are Logan Paul plus 650 and we just had Jorge Linares go against Devin Haney this last weekend. And for Linares, it was plus 700, meaning that the odds of Paul beating Mayweather are better than the odds of Linares beating Haney were. And Linares obviously took it to a decision, almost won that fight toward the end of the fight is to me ridiculous. I have no idea how Paul is anywhere near, you know, plus 2000 or something like that when it comes to the odds. But look, put a lot of money on Floyd Mayweather to win this fight because the rules are a little weird in that he can't come in weighing more than 160 pounds, which should be no issue. Mayweather never fought at a higher weight than 151 pounds. 147 was usually where he was fighting toward the end of his career. He always stays in shape. He's not going to have an issue with weight. Paul has to come in under 190. So if you think about it, if they both come in at their max, 160 and 190, that's a 30-pound weight difference. So that's why a lot of people are thinking maybe Paul has a shot, this, this, and that. He does not. In the ring, Floyd Mayweather, as much as you know, he likes to talk and a lot of people think it's just a sideshow, he is the master of the ring in the sense that he – when it comes to, you know, there's different statistics in baseball. They say a five-tool player because you're able to do, you know, you're able to throw, you're able to hit for power, for, for average, things like that. But in boxing, one of the things that you're measured on is your ring generalship, your IQ inside the ring. And you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody better than Mayweather at that. And to think that an amateur that is 0-1 mind you, on top of it all, and lost by a decision in his first bout against another nobody <laughs> is actually going to stand a chance or that his power is somehow going to catch Mayweather when Conor McGregor's strongest punch just made Mayweather laugh and tickled him. Now this guy, just because he weighs 30 pounds more, people think are actually going to have an effect. Look, those punches don't come from him weighing 30 pounds more. They come from the torque that you have in your body. They come from your feet, from you knowing how to punch. And none of those punches will land anywhere near Mayweather, and he's easily going to take this fight to me, don't get me wrong, he's going to take it into third, fourth round just to give people a show like he did against Connor. But bet heavy on Mayweather to absolutely smash this kid. Nice little um, 
card too, as we have Chad Ochocinco fighting. Uh, so that's going to be another little sideshow to watch. Uh, Badu Jack, an actual real f- boxing match was supposed to happen in Badu Jack versus Pascal, but uh, Gene Pascal was caught with like three different steroids in his system. So he's out. Uh, Badu Jack is still fighting somebody, an undefeated guy, but it, it won't be the fight that it was supposed to be. But still, a nice little lineup for you to do something on a Sunday. $50 Showtime pay per view. Chance, who do you have? Do you actually have Paul in this fight, or are you going with Money May? No, I got to go with Money Mayweather, man. Although I'm very disappointed just because I just feel like there's someone of more stature that he could fight. But I know for him, it's not about that. It's about being able to bring in revenue, generate dollars. That's what it's always been since he made the switch from Pretty Boy Floyd to Floyd Money Mayweather. But I will say that Floyd talks a lot of shit about why Muhammad Ali can't be considered one of the greatest because he lost to a guy who had only fought eight times. I'm not going to say Floyd is going to lose this fight because he's not, but he's fighting a guy that's fought what three or four times. One time, one time, one time. time. So like Floyd can't say shit. Um, I know this is an exhibition and I know he's just trying to make some money. I'm going to watch because I love seeing Floyd fight, but um, you know, I'd rather him do an exhibition against someone he actually could, could lose to. And maybe that's why he's not doing it because he doesn't want to lose. Well, I'm interested in the Sunday 5 o'clock time slot because it's like, you know, we were saying that it's stupid, right? But because we're used to big boxing matches being on Saturday night. But for the Super Bowl, we it's no issue for us. Yeah, but the Super Bowl is a family event. And I feel like boxing is more of like a... But this is a family thing in the sense that the fans that Paul brings in, a lot of them are younger to where yeah. they can do that. I get what you're saying. I just but feel yeah. like when you watch a boxing or MMA, man, it's like you're with the homies. You want to see a fight. No, yeah. A party or go, go out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, it's like an event. But I feel you. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, to your point, Patrick, it's extremely weird. Like Sunday, like of yeah. all days, like what the hell? Maybe, I, don't, I mean, Floyd might get knocked out. What if he catches a punch? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I – <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to watch a fight of this magnitude with Paul Pierce. What would that mean <laughs> if? Yeah. <laughs> what would that mean if he lost? Like, like, does he go from the greatest ever to like not even top ten? It would be one of the most embarrassing things ever. I, again, I have no clue how these odds are so close. Would it, it would top Tyson Douglas? It just look the fact Tyson Douglas was like. Because he was so a boxer. You know, 35 to 1 odds, this is like barely 10 to 1. So the fact that those odds were so much more skewed than what this is, like it wouldn't even come close to that type of upset odds-wise. But in reality, it will be a much bigger upset than than Tyson losing out in Japan. For real. I I can't see Floyd Mayweather even taking a clean shot in this fight. (laughs) I mean, I was like, um, you know, I'm also going with Mayweather, but I was like thinking this would be a hell of a time to have Andres here. That's exactly what was running through my mind. Yeah, because he would be presenting some kind of argument that Mayweather might lose. So uh, that actually concludes the sports entertainment. Um, This weekend, it's a lot of NBA um, we, we listed the baseball series. Um, you know, there is hockey playoffs going on, but we don't have Andres here to discuss hockey with us. So we'll catch you guys next week. We'll catch you up on the hockey. And uh, going into the scumbag of the night, um, there is a, a big horse race going on this weekend. 
it's kind of my scumbag is the whole horse racing thing going on. Uh, it's the Belmont stakes is going on this uh, Saturday in, in New York. There's only eight horses racing. Usually there's about 20 in these big races. So just overall in general, the way things have unfolded in the horse racing community, I love horse racing, horse racing. So that's scumbag. Second scumbag is myself. You guys, as y'all know, I love playing fantasy baseball and um, yesterday, the Dodgers game started at 6.10, and all the other games started at 11 a.m. at 12 p.m., so I had to make a decision in who I was going to start and who I was going to bench, and I started the players that played earlier in the day, and I didn't start Chris Taylor, and um, Chris Taylor went off last night, and I went to bed pissed off because Chris Taylor had 20 fantasy points. I left him on the bench, and I was like, all right, whatever, you know, a new day. And I'll forget all about it. But as I listened to um, the radio today, every single radio show seemed to open up their segments with Chris Taylor and how good he did last night and how much of a hero he was for the Dodgers. And this could be the at-bat that shifts through a whole season and this and that. So it was impossible for me to forget about my um, my mistake of benching Taylor when he had you know one of the games, one of the best nights of his life at the plate. Uh, Chance? Were you uh, going to say something? No, I just other than he's been balling. He's been balling this year. He's been balling the last, you know, few games or so. So, uh, you know, it sucks for you because I know you're <laughs> fantasy GM of the year in all sports. But <laughs> That's what makes me so mad is that everybody's after my head, you know, and in the group chat is just like everybody wants me to lose because I've won the most in, in the league. Uh, so I'm trying to make it back to the playoffs. Benching Chris Taylor when he puts up 20 points is not the way to do it. So I am – my own scumbag. And then quickly, Flores, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to pass it over to you about Devin Haney. I couldn't stand how he was losing, and then he still kept on – once he realized he was losing, Chance, I don't know if you saw the highlights. Once I realized Devin Haney was losing, he started grabbing his opponent to stall. And that's like my biggest pet peeve. I hate that so much out of <laughs> all the sports. And I would like for you guys to shed some insight do you approve of that move? I know it's gamesmanship, but what is it about that that probably drives me crazy? Um, it was just annoying in the sense of when it gets blatant. There was one instance in the 12th where Haney, he got caught again, and he was a little wobbly, and he literally – it was like an offensive lineman doing a drill where he came down from a little bit of a crouch stance and just opened both arms as he went towards Lenaris and then just hugged him. It's like he jumped <laughs> at him and hugged him. And it was, it was just so blatant at the end. Yes, you get hurt. That's what you're supposed to do. But it's just the fact that all the talking beforehand also for Haney, the fact that he was saying that this should be a hundred to one fight. And this is the second straight fight where he just talks a lot of smack about the fight. And it just doesn't seem to be in his character. That's what kind of makes it a little bit more annoying to me is that I feel like he's doing this because he thinks he needs to do it to get the fights, to be sold a little bit more, to get Teofimo Lopez and Ryan Garcia to say his name when in reality he doesn't. Had he gone out there and done both of these performances without any shit talking, I would be amazed at what he was able to do. But because he set himself up for much higher expectations of knocking them out and of doing whatever he wanted with them, and then he ended up you know, going 12 rounds and not doing anything against Gamboa, and then this fight against Linares actually getting caught in the highlights of the fight 
were more for Linares than they were for him. Just a little bit disappointing. But nonetheless, great performance by Haney. Did you uh, see what I was talking about, Chance? How he started losing towards the end of the fight and started grabbing him? No, I didn't. I saw. I didn't see the entire fight. I saw a couple highlights. And that, to, to Flores's point, that is what you are supposed to do. But also to his point, like Devin Haney's got to realize that you gotta you gotta be dominant in a fight. If if you want those one hundred to one odds, you gotta <laughs> fucking dominate guys for the entirety of a fight. And you know he's only hurting himself by doing this, man. He's only hurting himself in the pocket, and you know. I don't know who he's going to fight next, Flores, but I'm sure whomever that opponent is, it's going to be someone who's equally as good as Linares and then someone who's going to be licking their chops knowing that the last two fights, this dude is underperformed. Yeah, Teofimo Lomez, Lopez put out a, um, a tweet with just a dinner plate. Like, all right. I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm like that, that's, that's what's next. Right. Ryan Garcia came out of his little – mental health shell and started talking shit about Haney's performance, which is a little bit scumbaggy because yeah. it's like just a week or two ago, you're, you know, getting people to feel sensitive for you because of your mental health. And then you come out and you actually talk shit to somebody about how you want to knock them out after their fight. And after you're the guy you were supposed to fight, just signed another fight. So yeah, I don't know, just a little scumbaggy of Ryan Garcia on his part there, but that should be the next fight for Haney. One of those two. And, and just real quick, since we're on the topic of boxing, I recommend that if you don't have Showtime, get it. There's a series debuting on Sunday, June 6th called The Four Kings. It talks about the, the era where Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, uh, Tommy the Hitman Hearns, and Sugar Ray Leonard all fought each other and all fought in the same weight class. Some have described it as the best era of boxing, at least for that weight class. Definitely go check it out on Showtime, something that I can't wait to watch. I don't know if you're checking it out. On no, Showtime. yeah, the, and and that's the beauty of those four is that they weren't in the same weight oh, they class. They, they all kind other. of fought each other because they were the biggest names of their respective weight classes, and they actually dared to be great. Hagler was consistently a middleweight. Uh, Hearns, you know, he's the one that was able to move up and down as he pleased, as he pleased, just because how thin he was. Leonard was at his best at 147. Duran is probably the best lightweight ever. So 130 to 135. But the fact that Duran was able to go from 130 to 135 to fight Marvin Hagler for the middleweight title and go 12 rounds at 160 is a testament to him. And why they all fought each other, they all beat each other in a way, that's what made just that generation beautiful. And it was the transition between the heavyweights of the 60s and 70s. And it went back to the heavyweights, don't get me wrong, in the 90s. But it showed that the lighter weight classes were still, you know, profitable and, and definitely something to check out on Showtime. Uh, Chance, who is your scumbag of the night? So my scumbag of the night, you, I'm going to book in this earlier with my, my my headline with the fuckboy fans. And this is a fuckboy <laughs> NBA player, one who I'm surprised doesn't have the back of his brothers. I totally get why Kevin Garnett is loyal to the Boston Celtics. He was stuck in Minnesota for a long time, for 12 years, 12 seasons. The furthest he got was a Western Conference Finals. Then he immediately goes to the Boston Celtics and within three years goes to two NBA Finals, winning a championship. He got mad at Kyrie for Kyrie going and stepping on Lucky. Lucky is the is the little Irish Celtic mascot with one eye closed and the little cane. <laughs> Kyrie went on there, stepped on him as he was leaving the court after the victory. And Kevin Garnett 
who's like, oh, so we just not going to talk about this, how disrespectful that is. You know, and I just I, I, I'm just shocked because, A, Kyrie played there. So, I mean, he I feel like, you know, he can kind of do that. And then B, she's like, KG, bro, he's one of the brethren. Like, how you going to go against one of your dudes? Man, I understand you didn't play with Kyrie, but Kyrie's a guy who's played in the NBA, been an all star MVP like KG, won a championship like KG. So I'm just surprised that KG, um, you know, and I feel like this is kind of intersecting with the whole Kwame Brown, you know, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson beef it's like there's there there's been this crescendo reached in the nba where there's kind of a battle of the brotherhoods right where it's just like guys used to have you know this brethren you know feeling of like we both played in the league so you know that that's above all else but you know kg going at Kyrie for that um and then you know also with kwame brown and matt barnes and stephen jackson there seems to be some uh, some tension between the NBA brothers. But KG, nonetheless, you're my scumbag because you should have Kyrie's back or you shouldn't at least defend a fucking mascot that's <laughs> painted on the fucking Celtics parquet floor. I think KG just, he doesn't have a home anymore. So he's really trying to hold on to that Celtics fan base because he, he can't really go back to Minnesota. Right. He, he doesn't have that home base that a lot of these stars have where they can be adored when they go back no matter what. So he's just really trying to hold on to that Celtics home base, I guess. So did Kyrie um, stomp on it or did he spit on no, it? No, he, he didn't spit. He just like stepped on it. was a little bit of a step. And yeah. like, like how you kill a spider yeah. on the floor, you yeah. know, you step on it and you... you it wasn't like he like hawked up a loogie. Like apparently, I don't know if any, any of you guys have seen the, the 30 for 30 about the Detroit Pistons when they were winning championships in the late 80s, but Bill Lambeer would actually spit on it mm-hmm. before the game and then like, you know, put his foot down. It wasn't like he did anything disrespectful like that. Um, but you know, you know, to his point, maybe it's just KG needs something to hold on to because he can't step foot in Boston because he has beef with the ownership, or excuse me, in Minnesota because he has beef with the ownership there. But he still should have his boys back. I, I thought you were going to bring up KG because he's trying to move the Timberwolves to Seattle, right? I, I did hear that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I should have really made Big Baby Davis my scumbag because he. Went, went on Instagram and said that if Kyrie continued to do that, he was going to get hurt in real life. He really said that. <laughs> it's just like, and I don't know if you guys saw KG's response, but literally it was it was like 50 laughing emojis with the crying, with the tears coming out, some to the side, yeah. some straight. So these dudes are clown, man. Some of these NBA players, man, y'all, like I, I really, guys, it really just must be COVID. It must just be the re the COVID re-entry. People are just tripping. So. Yeah, well, we got to get the big three up and running too, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. That keeps all these fools distracted, you know, because that's their little era. The big three. <laughs> right. They need to make their 75K. Hey, did you guys know there's three-on-three basketball at the Olympics this year? I did. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take the liberty before I pass it over to you for your scumbag, Flores, to, to just be on dress. I'll be the Cavalier King for the next two minutes because I'm sure one of the scumbags would for him would be the fact that the U.S. didn't even qualify for the three-on-three basketball in the Olympics. So, Andres, we're thinking of you. We know you're talking hella shit about this country and about basketball and AAU and, you know, the, the showmanships of it and too much dribbling. And I'm sure you'll talk a lot of shit in future shows. But on behalf of Andres, that, for me, is his uh, – Scumbag. Yeah, and they were the U.S. team was ranked 
supposedly, again, I know nothing of this. I'm just going off of some I read. Ranked second in, in the world. I think Serbia was number one. <laughs> and they made it really difficult for the U.S. to qualify because they want some of these other teams to – they want the basketball to grow. But still, you can't not at least qualify. qualify. Come, Come on, on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Women's so, team did. Yeah, of course. So uh, your, your scumbag floor, as you said, was NFL-related. Yes, and really, really hilarious, Janoris Jenkins of the Tennessee Titans. So he returned from a trip. Uh, he was in Florida, got back to Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport in Atlanta, and his 2016 Rolls-Royce Wraith was stolen. And what's just kind of – just put this situation into context. First of all – who the fuck just drives their Rolls Royce to the airport <laughs> so they could go on a trip somewhere and just parks it in the parking lot? He parked lot. it in P3. He, <laughs> he parked it in the economy what? parking lot. It wasn't even oh like, I mean, I don't even know if you could valet no, at the airport. Have, yeah, they have valet, especially but Atlanta. They yeah. have special parking spots for a car that costs $250,000, not to park it at the South Economy lot. On May 5th, before catching his flight to Florida, I mean, first of all, when you're in a Rolls Royce, you're usually getting chauffeured around. Mm -hmm. You don't buy a Rolls Royce so you can get behind the wheel and cruise. I don't know shit about Rolls Royces, obviously, but that's just my impression of it. But I don't know. It just kind of seems like a janky situation. Somebody that's driving a 2016 Rolls Royce gets it jacked from the economy lot. Just hilarious. I mean, Janoris Jenkins, I know I'm, I'm feeling for you. I hope you have your insurance on that and that you had full coverage, not just liability on your Rolls-Royce. <laughs> it's just hilarious. It's a scumbag meets bonehead. Like, it, I mean. Well, it's like when those rap, when rappers talk about having a nice car but having it on E. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, bro, <laughs> valet your shit or have somebody have the homie drop you off so you really look like a boss. Yeah, so uh, the, the scumbags for tonight are Kevin Garnett, Devin Haney, myself, and Janoris Jenkins. Uh, so make sure you guys catch the Mayweather fight. And uh, if you have any scumbags that you want to send our way, go ahead and send it to our Instagram or Facebook Messenger. We'll make sure to check it and post it. That concludes the 102nd episode. We'll see you next week. And if you place any bets, good luck.